Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me. And they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Well, hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I know you guys are unstoppable, and if you don't know it, you soon will. My guest today is certainly unstoppable. He is a husband, father, fifth-degree master belt, martial arts instructor. He's also a gifted technology entrepreneur and co-founder of Spiral Design Studio, who for 28 years has led an award-winning creative team in the evolution of major corporate brands, marketing, and web development. But that's not why he's here today. No, my guest today is also a number one best-selling author, spiritual teacher, inspirational speaker, and minister from New York. Now, on October 3rd, he released his third book, Soul Ciphers, Decoding a Life of Hope and Happiness. But prior to this, some of you may remember the number one bestseller, The Hitchhiker. Guide to the Soul, his second book, Daily Downloads and Fortune Cookies from the Universe. He is a regular contributor on Los Angeles KABC Radio's syndicated Late Night Health Radio. Today, 630,000 people worldwide follow his divinely inspired thoughts on his Facebook page, Guide to the Soul. Uh, I have a feeling that none of this would have happened for him, nor would he be here, but for a life-changing event at the age of 19. He had a divine spiritual experience that greatly altered his life, and from then on, Robert Clancy's mission is to continue to inspire and comfort the world. Please welcome Mr. Robert Clancy. Hi there. Hi, uh, thank you so much for having me on, and as you can tell, I am smiling, so it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. You know, this is Mission Unstoppable, and nobody gets to, you know, really be unstoppable uh, just out of nowhere. Uh, You know, it it evolves, and and you evolve, and and we evolve from being that child to the adult that you are today, and so I like to always bring people back to the beginning of, of where my guests started, because they think, you know... Oh, maybe he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and maybe people handed it to him, and maybe people did this and that. And it certainly isn't the truth. So let, let's go back and delve into little little Robert Clancy. <laughs> what was life like for this five-year-old, let's say, and, and, and mom and dad and your brothers? Well, I grew up in a, a military family, so my dad was the ultimate volunteer. He, he signed up at age, uh, I think, just a little over 17 years old and went into World War II, wow. and he was part of the D-Day invasion. Wow. He ended up liberating a concentration camp, and I know it affected him for his whole life and the, the things that he saw, and he taught me leadership. My mother was a beautician. Uh, she always had a smile on her face and taught me to give back, and that's part of it. Um, so at, at my five or six year old self, I felt older than I was, and I've always known what love is, nice. and that's something that I can remember from my earliest memories. And I had an amazing experience in Jamaica at age six. Oh, what happened? I met this uh, man named Alex the Pool Man. 
Alex the pool man, okay? And he taught me he he actually saved my life in three three different ways, three different times during that. And uh, he taught me how to swim. And if he hadn't, I fell in the pool later, and there was no one around. And wow. I may have drowned. The, he was so excited that I learned how to swim because I actually had a fear of water that he took me to, to see these shells that he had. And on the way, I was almost stung by a Portuguese man of war. Oh, and, no. And it stung him, and it was the largest one that he'd ever seen. And I started crying when I saw, you know, what it did to him. And he, yeah. he ended up throwing me. And he said, no, I, I, I dive all the time to, to get coral to sell to the tourists to support this village. Mm-hmm. And then I just had to see this village. So I begged my parents, you know, at age six, I'm saying, I let Alex take me there. And it's somebody that I felt like I knew my, you know, my, my whole life, but my, my soul's life. Yeah. And I said, let, me, let him take me to this village. And they made arrangements with the resort and he actually drove me up. Probably wouldn't happen in this day, day and age, but this yeah, is 1971. No. <laughs> yeah. And I got to see this amazing village, but it was the first time that I saw poverty on that level. Yeah. And there were thatched roofs and the village actually, all the kids came out, they had torn clothes, but they brought me fruit and put it all around me. And I kept oh. telling them, no, I'm just like you. And they made a palm leaf crown and placed it on my head. And they put me on a donkey and they walked wow. me through the village. So I had this this amazing mystical experience while I was there. That's but crazy. I also got to see, you know, what what how happy everybody was. Yeah. And I found out later that I only flew home with the clothes I had on my back. I had my parents take all the clothes that they purchased for this vacation. So I had all brand new clothes. Yeah. And give them to that village. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a really that's you know, cuz I I it does you know, volunteering and, and thinking of others and giving, it really does start with our parents a lot of the time. You know, I know my kids see that I did things and I see that they do things now. And they go, well, because you did it. You know, we see that you did it. And I, that's a wonderful gift to give to them. Yeah. So and and my son is, uh, yeah, he's just the same way. He just uh, worked um, and finished for his Eagle Scout. Nice. And he gives back. He's got a very kind heart. So I see that same leadership. And now it's like I'm handing, you know, the, the, the baton on to him to carry through his life. But you had a brother and did you have a sister too or just a brother? Yes. Two, two brothers brother and, and a sister. sister. Yeah. Oh, wow. So big family. Yes. And and do they also volunteer? Did did they get into that as well? Yeah, my yeah, uh, nice. my next up, up brother was the uh, fire chief, so he volunteered there, oh, and and they've done you know amazing things. And sure. yeah, we've all we've all done something. My sister has given her time at the Teresian House, which is an elderly home. So yeah, yeah, we've all been uh, got that spark. Yeah, that's great. I love that. <laughs> I love to hear that. And and so this mission, um, six year old grew up and 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 at 19 you know i read that you weren't in the best of places that you were kind of living hard you're drinking too much and your friends had some of them had committed suicide and some had died in car crashes and you know it's funny when you graduate high school a lot of times um it is a time when your friends you, you recognize it gosh some people are dying it's really strange and it happened to me because i had like three or four friends die right out of high school it's a strange feeling because that you know the mortality finally hits you um so what was it like for you yeah you know same and i really just checked out at that point i i didn't really care 
about myself anymore. I was a straight A student. I am the most logical person you're going to meet on this planet. I got a hundred on a logic exam. Yeah. Out of, out of like 500 people. Wow. I'm the only one in the university to get a hundred on it and a hundred average too in that class. So that's, uh, that's how logical I am in science based. And I just stopped caring. I didn't didn't want to feel anything. I was almost kicked out of college. Then my girlfriend broke up with me and all my other close friends were away at college. So, you know, everything just fell apart and it was in about a two month span. Wow. And so, yeah, I was uh, doing a lot of things I shouldn't have been and uh, didn't want to feel. I just didn't want to feel. Because it's too painful. Right. And at, while I was working um, uh, in this restaurant, this waitress came over to me and she gave me that 50 yard stare and said, I know what you're doing to yourself and you need to stop or you're going to kill yourself. You know, <laughs> as I listened to you and as, as as I read your book, I'm thinking, you've had a lot of visits from angels. Mm-hmm. Yes. In, in many different forms. Yeah. And that's, that's the key. It, I call them uh, soul hitches. They're these guides that appear yeah. to just help you along the way. And either they're here physically or not, but you just pay attention to the signposts. <laughs> well, you have your Alex, saved yes. your life. And then we have, yes. you know, this waitress who saved your life. And I'm sure right. we'll meet a few others. Um, so yeah. what happens? She, she, she gave you a book on how to meditate? Yes. yes. Uh, she said, put your hand out. And then she rummaged through her purse. She put this little pamphlet, and it was just a little, uh, almost like a few pages, just three or four pages on how to meditate. And she said, this has gotten me through some difficult periods in my life, and you go home and you do this. So I was about three hours in when I when I thought I saw a light, and um, I opened my eyes, and you know, me being the analytical, I, I knew what the mind's eye, and I read all about that. So I thought yeah. I was seeing it through my mind's eye, and I opened my eyes, and there was a light shining on the wall, and I shrugged my shoulders, but I could not break the beam of the light when I got up, and that's when I realized I could see it with my eyes open or closed. So I sat and watched it, and then I went back to the pamphlet and thought, well, they didn't really mention this stuff, so <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on. And um, you had me at like, three hours of meditation. Yeah, three <laughs> hours in on meditation. Yeah, what? and this. Um, and before I started the meditation, I I did say a couple things. I said I need help, and if there's a God, you need to show me something today, or I'm done. And that's when I started the meditation, and mm-hmm. this light looked like a, a star, and then it just unfolded like a butterfly into an angel. And it was coming toward me almost as if there was a hole in the wall. I know it sounds crazy because I kept this a secret for 30 years, Yeah, even for my own family. And this seven-foot entity was uh, merged into the room, and I got to look into the eyes of this angel. I mean, she came nose-to-nose with me, and I think... Uh, she may have kissed me, um, but I never felt anything physically because uh, it was in like a spirit form. So there was no sound, no words. Um, everything was communicated to me in pictures and in thought. And I believe she healed me. She floated forward and touched me with her index finger in my forehead. And I was plugged into heaven and everything. And I wanted to run outside and say, you know, God's real, heaven's real, tell the world. And I talked to myself in the mirror and I said, they're going to put you in a straitjacket. So you're just going to have to live with knowing for the rest of your life. And it's kind of a big thing to carry. Yeah. 
and and to know you know and then have that and so i just lived for the last you know 30 plus years and on December, um, you know, I decided to woke up differently that day. But that in, in uh, 2012, that's when I told my dad the night my mother was going to pass away. And I knew she was going to pass at 2.30. And I just said, um, I know you guys have been married for 64 years, but I have something something to tell I'm you. I'm going to stop you right there because we're going to yeah. go to a commercial break right now. Uh, maybe a good place to stop. Sure. When we, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this heavenly visit. Robert Clancy, his book, his whole life, really. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles, is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. Last night, my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. It's Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. And my guest today is Robert Clancy. He's author of Soul Ciphers, Decoding a Life of Hope and Happiness. And within that book is this story of an angelic visitor who came and really saved Robert's life. And uh, on the deathbed of your mother, you went to tell your dad yeah. about what was happening. Yeah, I needed to... Um... I just wanted him to know that she's going to be okay. How many years had passed? Uh, this is uh, almost 30 years after oh, okay. my wow. encounter. Yeah, and, and he was in, he had a stroke. He was in a wheelchair. He didn't say anything that night. And um, I told him that she's going to pass at around 
I said, I, I can't imagine, you know, uh, being married for 64 years and then losing that, that love in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just listened. And in the morning when we went to see her body, you know, everybody thought, you know, my brother, my two brothers and my sister that, you know, this is going to be horrible. And he just looked at her and said, doesn't my sweetie look beautiful? Mm-hmm. And her brother came up to his room, so my uncle, and he just turned and said, Bobby, tell your Uncle Dan about the angel. Wow. So you must have thought to yourself, why me? Yes, for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> I got That's the answer. That's a huge question. Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here share, it is. Share. <laughs> why I, asked, I asked for 30 years, why me? Why was I chosen out of all the people on this planet to have that experience and Why? And when I woke up on December 1st, 2012, the first words I I downloaded were, why ask why when you should ask why not? True. And that's the simplicity of it. Yes. Uh, I believe that we all have those connections and you just need to ask and it's there. And angels are guides. It's Mm -hmm. up to us to do the acts of kindness, to reach out to others, to experience love, and to share that message. So I always look at angels as guides. So my prayers are a little different. I don't uh, pray for, you know, please bring me all the money um, to do this. But I I do more. If you can um, eliminate this barrier in my life, I can do your work much better. Well, I've got a lot to talk to you about because I love to talk about this topic and I talk about it with, you know, whoever I can on the show. But a couple of things that I, I and I want to get, I will get back to your book, I promise. But let's, let's, let's talk about this idea of um, the positive and negative in the universe right now because there's a lot of horrible things going on. And one of the reasons I started The Good Radio was to, you know, balance out the skills, as they say, and put the positive back, you know, show, show us some more positive um stories and, and people and that they can meet rather than have all the, the negative news that's out there. Many, many, many people think, and you'll hear it everywhere you go, that, you know, world's going to hell in the handbasket. Uh, it's going to end soon. Things are just so horrible that, you know, we can't recover. What is Robert Clancy's thoughts on, on that? It's, you said the word, it's balance. And as a martial artist, I know how important that is because it's everything. If you lose your balance, you lose, you lose whatever is attacking you. So the balance of it is we're here to learn what love is. Mm -hmm. And how can you understand that without having to know the other side of that and how to appreciate that amount of love so it's about learning those things and balance in life isn't about making everything in in equal in your life it's about Mm -hmm. sharing equal parts of your heart on all the areas of your life and it's all about perspective when you look at things with perspective it all changes you know absolutely think about coaching's all about (laughs) if you're at the top of a mountain yeah if you think if you're at the top of a mountain your perspective is completely different than if you're in a hole in the ground beneath that mountain Right. And getting yeah, your there, message, you know, one of the decodes in your, in your book was look at the big picture. Yes. Like, you know, we're all in our little, we're all in our little, <laughs> you know, cubicle going, oh, woe is me. Um, but if you step back and you see the big picture, your, your little woe is me is not as woe as a whole bunch of other people's woe is me. Right. And the other part is that sometimes you, you'll never see the big picture, you know, the, the, the beautiful picture God has painted for us is is almost impossible to see because we're always standing on the canvas. Mm-hmm. 
So sometimes your perspective even isn't, you know, it's not as great as that. And think about if you pulled yourself back to that level, that there's a purpose and a meaning behind everything. And there's always a silver lining. You just need to look for it. And that's kind of how I, I've led my life. There's a, um, and I know I know about, about martial arts because I used to manage a world kickboxing champion. Awesome. <laughs> but but <laughs> the, um, in the book, there are, you make a, you make a statement a couple of times, and and I understand it totally because this is something I have certainly gone through. That many of the folks who went through um, these horrific uh, accidents or traumas or crises and things like that changed their their life so that their mission became you know something to help other people. And you know I always say that that change happens best in chaos, and I really truly believe that because when you're laser focused in like everything extraneous goes away and all you can focus in on is what just happened or the people that need your help or, you know, vice versa, things like that. So what would you say, I mean, you had this divine experience, but have you ever had an experience um, that you would consider the worst experience in your life? Yes. <laughs> and that was probably it when I hit rock bottom, but I, yeah. I've reflected on that and I actually did an experiment where I thought of the worst thing that could ever happen to me and I tried one-upping it every day for a year. What? <laughs> yes. And so I've thought deeply on this topic and I, when I ran out of ideas, I started asking others and I always save death for the end because I figured there's nothing worse than that. And the day after death, I thought of something worse. And it's losing your ability to help someone else. Uh-huh. And I realized that can never, ever happen unless I allow it to. And it comes down to legacy. There are people who have passed years, maybe even centuries, that are still helping people today with what they left behind. That's true. Yeah. And that made That's me free. Thought. Free to live. <laughs> that is such a great thought. Well, I would have thought that, you know, them showing you the universe would have made you free to live. Um, so when you were shown this vision, let's say, of the other side, because mm-hmm. this is something that really, you know, it plays on me quite a bit. You say that we're here to find love. And, and in my world, um, I think that love is all they know on the other side. And here, you know, you experience the stuff that isn't love. Because you already know that when you're when you go back home, what do you think? Did you? Let's yeah, about, I would oh, concur. It. Yeah, it's it's that um, to learn the acts of kindness, and it's almost um, that every act of kindness is like a single to us. It seems like a single note on a music scale, mm-hmm. and over there it becomes this infinite symphony of beauty that's sung by a choir of angels for eternity, just by sharing your smile. Mm-hmm. just by reaching out and easing someone else's life. And I got very jaded. I thought, you know, why do we even have doctors and, and things to, you know, in hospitals to extend life? Like, what's the point? Everybody's just going to pass anyway. Uh, is it just about making money and all these things? Yeah, yeah. wow. And, and what I got was that it is about these acts of kindness because it helps feed the universe. And that's what we're here for. We're We're the fuel. We're the... What we're in manifestation, we can create that. We can create that love and, and that kindness and experience it and share it in ways that are very profound here. That's an interesting perspective. You know, when I think about the, the certain religions that don't allow doctors to help them and things like that, and I always think, you know, God gave you a brain so that you could do that. 
I mean, that's the way I, I it's a positive, you know, thinking forward. Like, um, what would be the silver lining in having a doctor? Oh, somebody who knows how to help you, <laughs> you know? right. like, like that. And, and, and so it always, it boggles the mind sometimes when they think, oh, no, 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 God wouldn't want that. Well, yeah, I think he would. But interesting, it's, you know, the whole metaphysical world is, is certainly just fascinating. And um, so let's go back to your book for a moment. The last book, Soul Ciphers, Decoding a Life of Hope and Happiness. I said that it came out on October 3rd, and it already is a bestseller. And I think it became a bestseller that day. So congratulations to you on that. Yep, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> very, all good. very a lot exciting. Of help. Yeah. A lot of help from a lot of people, but yes, it did. <laughs> well, you know, it's good to have friends. <laughs> um, but you... You know, you write on the topics of faith and hope and love and compassion and peace and happiness and strength and leadership. And, you know, you've already expressed that leadership is, is you know, volunteering. Leadership is helping others. Leadership is, um, you know, showing others how, how the way. Now, where did the idea of this cipher come from? It's like, you know... Um, Remind, I don't know. It reminds me of those the when they had the the uh, Aboriginal um, uh, oh guy the guys in the war and, and they said yeah you guys you guys are going to be the ciphers you guys are going right, to figure right, this right. out right yeah the secret yeah. codes yeah yeah secret code guys yeah. It came from uh, my first book because I wrote the book. It's similar. It has these inspirational stories. And um, I had many people come up to me saying, I saw how you did forgiveness or how you transcended this or how you did. How do I do that? And I, I thought, oh, wow, they didn't make the leap <laughs> through the story. <laughs> so I, I figured I would write these decodes. And I'm also a programmer. I told you I am the most yeah. logical person you're probably going to meet. And uh, I am a coder. So I thought, why not combine my spiritual side with my logic side and decode what makes people happy and how do you find happiness in this life and how do you decipher that and how do you um, transcend those things you know i deal with some pretty heavy topics you know grief yeah. loss loss of a child loss of a parent is is can be devastating to someone and i my my family's experienced that you know my brother's daughter passed away two years ago oh, and she so was 18 sad. or 19 in, in her you know, yeah. second semester of college. Um, our family went through that right after my dad passed away. So, you know, there's a lot and um, there's ways to transcend that. Grief is a tough one. It has, a, you know, it, it's funny because like you think it's gone and then even years later uh, you'll be driving and boom, it hits you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very strange. We're going to go to commercial break in just uh, about a minute. Um, Robert, why don't you give out your website right now? We'll give it sure. out again, but yeah, uh, it's guide to the soul dot com. So it's um, just like it says, guide to the soul s o u l dot com. And that's yeah, it. perfect. When we come back, um, would you tell your Grand Canyon story? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to hear that again. Um, we're going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, Robert Clancy is going to share a story from his book, and it's a great story. You're going to want to hear it. So. You can have go to the bathroom, get something to eat quick. You can grab a drink, but make sure you come back and, and sit down and listen to it because we want you here. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's Mission Unstoppable Radio. Don't stop. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Don't stop. 
Man cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids as dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachnophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Lifting weights increases your metabolism. The Journal of Sports Science and Medicine reports that people who pair aerobic exercise with resistance training eat 517 fewer calories a day than those who do only cardio work. The combination workouts may increase the hormones that make you feel satisfied and boost the body's ability to break down food and stabilize blood sugar so that you feel fuller longer. If you feel full, you won't eat as much to feel satisfied. The Sporting Goods Manufacturers Association's latest survey found that over 80% of women skip weight training. That's shocking. I encourage you to go to the next level of weight-reducing, calorie-burning exercise. Combine cardio exercise with strength training and see your body weight change. I'm Annette Hammond. Contact us at fitnessminute at annettehammond.com. Yeah, and we're back. <laughs> we're back with author Robert Clancy. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso, and you're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. Before we went to our break, I asked Robert to kindly retell his Grand Canyon story. And I just want to say the Grand Canyon is one of the most amazing places on earth. And it was so fun to read, you know, in that chapter that somebody who stood next to you was like, in awe as well because I really felt when I went there and I stood at the edge of this canyon I went oh my god God exists God yeah. is real like it's, isn't it bizarre <laughs> that you feel that but everybody feels it when they go there well yeah I'm, I'm I'm from upstate New York and when we certainly have some mountains here they're just not quite you know as grand as they are there yeah. and uh, some and you know there's railings and when I first got to the Grand Canyon I thought who the hell left a railing off this thing yeah <laughs> I mean it's a mile straight down and uh yeah I got to watch uh, Harvest Moon when I was there too it was fantastic oh my gosh beautiful night full moon it was you know that orange color and just sitting there in that piece and went there with a friend and you know we thought okay well tomorrow we're gonna hike into the bottom of this thing i mean that can't be too bad it's only a mile down there mm-hmm. and um you know we're looking at the maps and i picked bright angel trail i thought hey that's it's got angels in it how bad can that be <laughs> so i had it's a sign. A, <laughs> and our our hotel was a you know about a mile or two away you know so we just decided oh let's just walk over the trailhead it you know we can just do that and we'll hike down and then we got up nice and early got a sandwich a bottle of water threw it in a little backpack thing and headed down bright angel trail and i remember when i got to the trailhead there were people coming out of that looked like they had been to hell they were just drenched 
their faces were red. They weren't looking up. Their hands were on their thighs. They're breathing heavily. I thought, wow, these people are out of shape. <laughs> and I just went down. And, you know, that's when I learned what a reverse climb is. And I've even mm-hmm. talked to climbers, and they, they really don't realize what that is. But a reverse climb is when you go down into something, and the climb starts when you make the turn. So mm-hmm. I was going down very fast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was a few hours in and had, you know, about a quarter of, you know, a little bit of water left in my bottle. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't thirsty. And I passed a park ranger. And this guy, you know, his hat was drenched. And he said, we lose people on this trail. Mm-hmm. And I was looking down. And I could see the little ant trail going to this little tiny Monopoly house at the bottom of the canyon. And I said, that's a weird place for a gift shop. He said, that's not a gift shop. That's where you get your water for your return. And uh, he said, good day. You know, so he kept going. I thought, wow. So I, you know, like, well, the house isn't getting any closer, but it really did look like ants going in it. And it's the first time, wow. you know, they say when you stand on a building, it looks like yep. ants. But this did. This was the, the perspective wow. I had. And uh, so I kept going. And now we're about four plus, you know, five hours in. And um, I see uh, this sign. It says, warning. If you choose to pass this sign and you do not have four liters of water on your person, we will not be able to rescue you or recover your body for some time. The U.S. Park and Rec Service. And somebody scrolled up, have a nice day with a smile. And if you were illiterate, they had pictograms on this thing that showed, like, water with a happy person and then, like, a tombstone. Oh, my God. (laughs) A bottle. uh, (laughs) But I wasn't thirsty and I wasn't tired, so I kept going. And I turned to my friend and, uh, you know, I said, I, I think that park ranger meant lose people mean they die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we said, I'm going to turn around. And he said, I'm so glad you said that because I've been thinking that for the last hour. And uh, that's when our hike started. Yeah. So think of being on a rocky staircase for twice the time that you went down. So by the time I got to the trailhead, it was dark. I didn't have any water left. My hands were on my knees. I was breathing heavily. I looked like those people I saw earlier. Yeah. I looked over my friend. I said, I can't believe we didn't bring the car with us. And we had to walk back to the hotel. What a horrible. Walk is is not really what I was doing. I was picking up my legs with my hands and moving forward. My gosh. That's crazy. That night I laid there and I thought, this is what happens to people in life. Yeah. You go down fast. But yeah. you got to make the turn. And I thought of the people that lost their lives on that trail who didn't ask for help or the people that saw those people and didn't offer help. And that's what happens. And that's a reverse climb. But you can make it back as long as you make the choice to turn around. And, yeah, the metaphor is it's not going to be an easy journey to get back. Right. But you can get there. And there were people on that trail who helped us, who offered us water. They said, you guys look like you're... You're not doing too good here. so, and, and those things. And as you're going down into that Grand Canyon, you're going into a desert and you're slowly dehydrating. So you don't realize that you're yep. dying as you're going down if you're not properly prepared. And, you know, the funny thing is when we were checking out, we were still walking funny. It looked like we had gotten off a horse that we'd been on for three days. And the receptionist was smiling. She said, where you boys been? Were you hiking in the Grand Canyon? Did you go to the bottom? I said, no, I didn't make it. She goes, what trail were you on? I said, um, Bright Angel Trail. She said, oh, you know what the nickname for that trail is? It's Satan Staircase. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I kind of got that. <laughs> I, I've been to hell and back, so it's all good. 
No I'm kidding. Uh, well, you know, there was a what you said just sparked something because in the book um, they didn't ask for help. Those people didn't ask for help. And there's a little story in your book about a little boy who who went. I think was he at a hospital or something. Anyway, he saw suicide and he asked his mom what that was. Yeah, yeah. tell that. That that's a great segue. I saw it right on there. the news. Yeah, it was on one of the news channels. And this little boy was at a veterans hospital and he was asking his mother what you know. He saw a poster and it said something about you know suicide prevention and mm-hmm. she didn't want to mention what that word was and finally she told it to him and he said well why didn't they just you know do something you know he thought about it and he just asked for some post-it notes and a marker and he just went and wrote ask for help and stuck those on the wall out of the mouth of babes yeah so sweet yeah and that's really key is when you're struggling you know you feel weak you feel like i i can do this on my own or I don't want that help, and you know we're we're, t- we're sort of trained or taught to give. It's hard to receive, yeah. And that's where we have a struggle: is asking for help and receiving that help, and and going out there and saying, "Hey, I messed up," or "Hey, I'm struggling with this," and that's where the difference is. And when you can change that perspective of of receiving, is just as great as giving then, you know, you'll make that transition. You know, uh, a couple of, I guess it was maybe about a month ago, um, I had I had a guest on the show, um, Carla, who is a, who's a physician in New York City who specializes in, in women in postpartum depression and, and all of that. And you had a good friend who committed suicide because of, her postpartum and nearly killed her child and I mean, it's very serious very serious you know stuff and and you wonder why she didn't ask for help and and maybe she didn't know she was sick or like you said but it's it, yeah how, well that's you know, the point yeah when the, we, you know think about well you know if you get your arm it's hurt you know to go to the doctor if you're not feeling yeah. right but when your mind is broken yeah that's, that's when it's hard for people to to do that. It's hard for you to make that. And that's what the family struggled with. And it wasn't that they couldn't get her help. It's that the laws were in place and different things that prevented that from from taking place. So that that's really one of the things. What that do you they, mean? Like they like her husband recognized that she wasn't right. Yes, and still she had because of the way things were, you couldn't get the right help in there to because wow. it's her choice. She could say no, no and, to the medication, right? Yeah, yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. What a very sad story that was. Um, there's actually a really happy story in there, and I, you know, I was in a rehab hospital. I was in the hospital for six months after a horrific accident, and there was um, a young man in the hospital with me, a a burn victim. And, you know, I know what he went through in rehab, and you had a a friend who got severely burned, whose story is in your book, but there's a happy ending to that story. So let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, it's actually uh, my friend Steve. Yeah, he is a photographer, and he got to, um, he was asked to uh, basically do portraits for burn victims, and and he he transcended a major... um, piece of his life of what true beauty is and seeing these people you know at the phoenix society where mm-hmm. his friend had um you know it's his uncle's friend had gotten in this horrific plane you know crash and was burned and he started the phoenix society 
And um, at the end, you know, the, he did the exhibition and he wasn't sure, you know, about putting these pictures out. And, the, and this woman came down and she said, you know, I've been stuck in my house because I'm a burn victim. And she, she basically took her scarf off and everything mm-hmm. and hugged him and said, these photos have healed me in some way because you could see it and I see the beauty that I am. You know, and that's, you know, how everything comes together. You know, you're always guided down this path. And he realized that he had something amazing when he when he developed those pictures because he captured, you know, it didn't have the normal cues that most people have that he was used right. to. But he had to he had to look past that. And it's really a story of uh, inner beauty. It's amazing. And, you know, um, Taria Pitt, people know her. She was in a, you know, in a during a big run she got she got burnt and she she got caught in a forest fire i guess and she couldn't get out um and you know here's a beautiful woman a model whose life has changed and and so you know like i love that you know the eyes are the window of the soul and so when you take this this photograph you you're really going inside their soul instead of just seeing the outer you know what we're so used to looking at just the outer outer um house i guess we actually get to see what's going on inside that house and that's pretty cool yeah, at age ten, I had a had an experience. There was a family um, in my neighborhood who was, was on uh, wedding rehearsal. Their car was hit, and um, the two daughters were burned severely by gas, and the mother was killed. Oh my we were gosh. a good friend of our family, and she was in the one daughter was in the burn unit for almost a year. Wow! And you know, it was a windy day. I remember, and I was ten years old. And they had this kite. This was an engineering family. So they had this giant kite in there. And they couldn't get her out. And they said, you know, we can get Sheila to come out if we fly this kite. So the whole neighborhood, all the kids pulled together to fly this kite. And the string broke. And they all went running after it into the woods. And I was there winding the string up when these two feet appeared next to me. And it was her. Oh, wow. Wow. I I couldn't look at her. And, um... She knelt down. That. She knelt down and took my hand and said, "It's okay to look." And she then joked and said, "You know, at least my nose stays on." <gasps> and when wow. I looked up, when I looked up, now she had fifth degree burns from the shoulders up, and wow. she could have been a model, and she looked like basically a walking skeleton at this point. Sure. And I remember looking up, and she took my hands, and she made me look into her face, and I, I saw her beauty. Wow, a 10. Yeah. That's and a great way to go to our commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that it's That's extraordinary. And, you know, sometimes you wonder why people fight so hard to stay here in so much pain. We're going to go to a commercial break, but we'll be right back with Robert Clancy. Stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound Gabrilunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water, where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. 
Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Not eating before you work out is not the best approach. Low blood sugar can make you feel weak, faint, or tired, and react slower because your mental abilities are affected. You may feel lightheaded or dizzy. But eating too much before your workout is not a good idea either. It can cause you to feel sluggish and have cramping and give you an upset stomach. It can cause your muscles and your digestive system to compete with each other for energy resources. It is best to eat large meals at least three to four hours before working out and small meals two to three hours before exercising. Go by how you feel. Eating a piece of fruit or drinking a sports drink right before you work out works well for many exercisers. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say love is the answer. <laughs> Whatever it is, love is the it's answer. It's also the question, and yeah, it's, uh, it's always the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how that works, isn't it? Yes. Um, in the book, you talk about the black box. So we all have a black box in us somewhere that it's like our Pandora's box that we're afraid to open. Maybe right. we don't even know it exists. Uh, it's so deep and dark in there, but we have it. Let's let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, you know, I've I've looked at this area, and I had a, an exchange student stay with us, and she was really outgoing and just had all these amazing. And and one day I just looked over, and I thought, you know, you're like this. What everybody sees is this giant cinema screen, mm-hmm. but you're you're the little projector behind it. And she started crying, and she thought, um, you know, that she said, I knew my dad, you know, or I didn't know him, and I found out that she did. But it was a very abusive relationship up until she was eight eight years old, and it was her black box. And no one, no one knew about that black box. And at the end of this, you know, we, we decided to... You know, what what she could handle, she went upstairs, she came back down, and she said, okay, I need to talk. And that's when, you know, it's in a place of trust to be able to Mm -hmm. say things and to talk about difficult things. And I wrote this chapter, and I let her read it, and she said, I'm so glad that you did this because I know it's going to help other people like me. Yeah. And what's really wonderful, you know, about it is that once once it's been disclosed, it's gone. Yeah. Yes. You open it and you release it. Yeah. And that's the, the beauty of it. You know, the black box is sort of this dark place where you store all those things that you're, you know, they're too painful in your life to deal with. And sometimes you don't even know you have a black box. Yeah. And, and it could be just this um, obstacle in your life. And she said at the end, you know, I'm going to write you a letter. I'm going to tell you everything that's in my black box. 
but I don't want you to read it until after I leave. And the letter simply said, there's nothing in there. It's gone. You've already released it all because you already saw it. Now, did you see her change in a physical manifestation? Yes. And she was then ready to see her own beauty and her own self-worth. And that's really what it comes down to is understanding that, you know, as humans, we're all flawed in some way, just, mm-hmm. you know, like, like diamonds. But when you shine the light on any of them, they, they're all beautiful. And so just rise up to that light, the light that's within you and, and what you have to bring to the world. We all have something great to bring to this world. And when you see that in that kind of light, then you can shine. Mm-hmm. Women have a hard time shining. And I don't know if it's, if it's you know, uh, the industries that, that tell us what beauty is and that just makes them feel so inferior and unconfident. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, well, having the exchange daughter you know, yes. in my life, I kind of saw, you know, for the eyes of a 17, 18-year-old in, in that respect. And, you know, she taught me a lot with, with that. But then she she has this inner strength, and, and that's really what we keyed in on is, you know, take that because that, you're going to bring something amazing to the world and believe in yourself. And what you see in the mirror is not what everybody else sees. Mm-hmm. They only see that beautiful piece of who you are, and you need to trust that because in the eyes of God, you know, like there's there's no mistakes. And I look at this. People even find fault with the greatest master work on this planet, the that's greatest true. piece of art, and they'll find something with it that's wrong. And so when you realize that someone finds fault with you, realize you're one of God's masterworks, and he doesn't make mistakes, created you in that beauty and when you can bring that forth even the venus de milo it doesn't have a head or arms yeah <laughs> it's, cool. it's gone it's man. beauty right yeah beautiful piece of artwork and that's what we all are we're just this amazing sculpture that's always being refined and in my martial arts journey every time i go to class or teach i'm learning as much as i'm teaching mm-hmm. but we're always shaping i think of it like an ice sculpture and you're just constantly shaping the little parts until it becomes this masterwork. And that's what that's what we're doing with life. You're constantly shaping those things to find out who you truly are and what your what beauty you can bring to this world. I know that uh, Marcy Shimaw, she wrote the foreword to your book and I had the pleasure of interviewing her many years ago. Um, it's you know, she talks about about humans and uh, you know a lot of people default to the negative and i find that all the time you know so many people it's so hard to bring them back eh, come on let's go just like meet me in the middle <laughs> even on the positive <laughs> side of life like just let's meet us in the middle here you know what is that about why why are we afraid to be happy that's the key <laughs> you just said it when you lose your fear and doubt you can be <laughs> yeah that's the you just hit it. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> it's, um, you know, having fear in life or doubt. See, I don't, I don't have, um, don't get upset. I, you know, I might get frustrated with something, mm-hmm. but I never have fear, doubt, or worry about something. Okay, so the fear is that something's going to be taken away from us. Yes. So we're afraid to, to, to hope or afraid to feel in case we're going to have some pain. 
Right. Is that is that the what you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, and and I love the three words. You know, faith, love, and hope. There's no mm-hmm. synonyms really for those words. And hope mm-hmm. never leaves your side unless you choose to let go of it. Mm-hmm. It's always there. You mm-hmm. always have access to it, just like you always have access to love. Just like you always have access to the other two. You know, when you put those two together, you have faith, because faith is a belief in something you're not sure of, but you put it out there, and that's mm-hmm. trust. Trust in the truth. Trust in everything that. That is there. You're always held, and you just need to ask. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We have the code, people. <laughs> <laughs> that is the code. I, I have oh, this little math symbol. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with it? That's what we'd like to know. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's so easy. Just you, you put your faith and in, in your hope, and you take away the fear, the fear of dying, the fear of losing, the fear of the pain, the fear of all of that, and boom. Yep, hope minus doubt is faith. I have these like little mathematical formulas that are that. in my head all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. So, you know, within the martial arts that, that you're teaching, like what, what, what is the biggest revelation that you found there teaching those young people it's to have confidence mm-hmm. you know the, the more that you train the less likely you are to ever use those techniques on somebody you know and and having the confidence and when you have confidence and you have no fear and you can live fearlessly in that way then you can be who you truly are and and shed those things and since you know i had my experience 30 years ago you know there were i was given everything but there were a few things that were taken Fear, doubt, and worry were taken from me, and faith was taken from me. Faith was replaced with belief, mm-hmm. and fear, doubt, and worry were replaced with faith because it's all there, and you, mm-hmm. you have those things. So having to live that way without having to really worry that whatever happens, there's always a reason behind it, and it always unfolds later, and then I say, oh, yeah, that's why That's why I didn't get that job, or that's why that right. happened, because it was clearing the way for this to happen. You know, I, I was supposed to go down and speak at this huge conference at this wonderful venue in Florida, mm-hmm. and it got canceled. The person got in a car accident and oh, wow. couldn't go down and, you know, all these things. But then I ended up, because I was in town, I got invited to speak at this even bigger conference that I wouldn't have been able to do the big picture. Yeah, the big picture. Yeah, we. You know, it takes a while for the universe to get all these things together. Yeah. <laughs> and and the other part is your just your laugh, um, having that laugh and a smile, and that's something unique to humans that we are able to smile and laugh and just share that. And every time you can share this wonderful tool that you carry with you every day, it can not only change the people around you, it can change you. That's really true. I know that many times, you know, a person just needs to have a smile, a look in their eyes um, to say, you know what, I recognize you. And and you might have stopped them from committing suicide or right. from yeah. the despair that they were feeling, just knowing that there was somebody to uh, to recognize them, acknowledge them as a human Exactly. Very strong, powerful emotions. Yes, and I, I did, when the angel first arrived, it was not smiling until I thought of something funny in my mind, and then she started smiling. So I made the angel smile, and that's when I realized how important that smile is. 
Now that's interesting. Did it scare <laughs> you that she hadn't smiled? <laughs> no, she just had sort of a neutral Mona Lisa sort of look on her face, you know, a little, little less smile than the Mona Lisa. But when I, I thought in my mind, you know, well, the first thing I said was, oh, my God. And the second was, what are we doing here? <laughs> and the <laughs> third, um, I thought in my mind, can you read minds? And that's when she nodded and blinked. And then a little smile appeared on her face. And that's when I thought... Okay, I better watch what I'm thinking. And also, I just made an angel smile. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Has she ever come back? Uh, not in that way. I, I wish I could share that with everybody, um, you know, that face and what I saw. But I, when I could close my eyes, it's almost like I'm in an instant meditation. I think she, she when she touched me in the forehead, it cleared my mind's eye. So it looks like an x-ray of of everything when i close my eyes like i can see the other side in that and i have seen other faces and different things around me but it looks like when you blow a candle out in a dark room sure um that's kind of what i see and i experimented with it because when she was in front of me i was able to close my eyes and see that and then open them and i'm like wow it's like the blurry version the sharp version And that's crazy that you were thinking that at the same time you're having a visitation. By yeah, well, I, I'm an analytical person, so <laughs> <laughs> I was experimenting. I, I didn't, you know. Well, first, I was just amazed that this was here, and I just felt this total peace, warmth, love. Just, ah, I wish I could put it in a bottle and just give it to everybody on this planet. And I wanted to run out my front yard and just go, yes, it's all here. And then. I said, no, you can't do that. They're going to put you away. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right well, just we, <laughs> I just want to say, thank, first of all, thank you for being my guest today because you're absolutely delightful. Um, we, we, we have just 30 seconds left. So I just, you know, Robert Clancy, please go and get, you know, his latest book, Soul Ciphers, Decoding a Life of Hope and Happiness. We already gave you the code, but you know what? Maybe you need to hear it a little a little bit more. Maybe you need to hear it over and over and over for it to penetrate and change your perspective on life. Thanks again for being my guest. Thanks again for joining us on Mission Unstoppable Radio today. And Karina, thanks for producing the show. We'll see you next week, everybody, on Mission Unstoppable. Happy Halloween and be safe tonight with your little children. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember... Don't, 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 don't stop.